Hiya. Um, I, it's another episode of the Castle Comics Podcast, formerly Podcast, but we get in trouble for that one. Because um, <laughs> some debates to it. Um, by nine years. Yeah. By nine years. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. We'll not do it again. <laughs> Promise. Tonight, we are going to talk about... <sighs> We're going to talk about the Star Wars prequels. I'm afraid it had to be done. And, uh, <laughs> some of us really wanted to talk about them and some of us wanted to avoid them like the plague. But uh, we're going to talk about the Star Wars prequels. So if you're keen on long conversations about trade treaties, if you have strong opinions about sand, um, if you're no too keen on Tusken Raiders, this is going to be a bangery an episode, <laughs> let me tell you that right now. <laughs> you're not wrong. So we'll kick off. Alex. Oh, I've not done my intros. You have not done your intros. Well, introduce Who's, here? Who's here? Who's here this week? Who's here this week? Uh, we've got Funny Alex. Funny Alex. Sound Guy Gary. Sound Guy Gary. And um, um, Robin. Robin. I have to call Raging Robin. <laughs> <laughs> she's Robin. furious about having to watch Star Wars. <laughs> she's made no indication that she's an angry person, but like, it goes. <laughs> I, and we're going to talk about The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and the other one. Revenge of the Sith. That's the lad. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you what a big impression that they've had on me and how much I enjoyed these cinematic masterpieces. <laughs> right, go Alex, defend them. Ah, oh, right, is, that, is this right where we're starting? Um, well, so, you know that's what it's going to boil down to. Just it's going to boil down Because you can't, because they're not good. Um, I don't think it's about um, whether they're objectively good or bad. No, it is. It's it's whether they have an... Uh, no, uh, it's a film's good or bad. I have good memories of them from my right. childhood. I'll try and help you out here. What age were you when you watched these Yeah, films, exactly. Oh, when did they come out? So, episode one was 99? 99. 99. So I'd have been... I'd have probably been in my 30s. I was five. Right. I was five. <laughs> <laughs> She's a five-year-old child. I loved The Phantom Menace. Right. Aye. Okay. I uh, can't... Robin, how old were you when you seen? I was twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was roughly four weeks ago. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. It's when I was five, and I didn't care about anything past his lightsabers. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, no, absolutely. What <laughs> storyline doesn't matter? That, These are Jedi. <laughs> that, that scene at the end, the lightsaber fight at the end's immense. Yeah, that's brilliant. The Darth Maul, yeah. the, the Darth mm. Maul seems brilliant. Mm. Uh, John Williams' score for it's yep. amazing. I was going to touch up on that, and I will get my moment uh-huh. to talk about that. But the, uh, I think the the that uh, battle of the fates uh, it really gets stuck in in my head. I think Julie the fates is it did s- didn't it survived it did didn't it. I like that. To be fair. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Julie the Fates. Uh, no, it's just Julie the Fates. I think has survived better than anything else in the prequels. Uh-huh. I think it's the. I think some people look for, include myself, look fondly back in the prequel films. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I think sticks in anyone's mind, it seems, is the Julie the Fates like. Uh-huh. You might never have seen the prequels. Uh-huh. You know, if you heard that tune, you'd go Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like John William banged it on that one. He did. Um, yeah. But no, so it's just so I take it we all three of us saw the film in cinemas. I take it. Yeah, yeah. So that's different to Robin here, who saw it on our laptop. Yes, <laughs> I've seen it okay, so. on my television living room. Yes, fair yeah. enough. While we were while we were talking over it, but yeah, we had to sit with subtitles on because we would chat over it, and he'd give me like a running commentary. Right, okay. I mean, you don't need the director's commentary on Alex. <laughs> I, was try, I was trying to fill in gaps. <laughs> we are, uh, just... It's episode one. There's no gaps. There's, there's many gaps. <laughs> um, but I think that led to somewhat of a different experience mm-hmm. as well. I think when you see something at a cinema, there's a bit more forgiveness there. Uh-huh. Because uh, it's an experience, the yeah. cinema. You're seeing something on a massive screen with uh-huh. better sound than you'll hear yeah. anywhere else, unless you're like got the most mad sound system on the planet. <laughs> um, so I think if you've seen them in cinemas, you maybe forgave them a bit, which you can see as well. People came out of the Phantom Menace originally thinking it was a, feeling like it was a great film. No, they didn't. <laughs> Historically, you can the kids of the time. Yeah, but you can, I did great. You, you can see fans coming out of like the premiere and stuff like that, uh-huh. thinking it was great. 
And it was maybe over the course of maybe two weeks to a month where, like, people actually started to... There was a general release uh-huh. and people actually started to think about it and go, what? Uh, the whole Star Wars saga started with a trade dispute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where the kind of issues came from. But I've got... I'll, in hindsight, uh-huh. I think episode one uh, gets done quite dirty considering episode two is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Episode two is not great, no. Okay. <laughs> well, what was cringe. your thoughts on episode one, Robin? Um, episode one was really good. Um, I seen one of the newer ones, like one scene, and uh-huh. it was the one Kylo Ren and Ray on the platform, they're fighting, I seen it, and then I said, I was like, so I know Alex is a massive fan, so I was like, right, uh-huh. well, I want to watch that. So we started from four. Four, so, five, one, two, three. Yeah. So when I seen one, I was like, okay, well, that's really interesting. Um, I quite liked it. Only thing I would say is Jar Jar Binks was a bit... He was a bit of a diddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he got banned. <laughs> he was a bit of a diddy. And... It was like when he was like the right hand man, that was fine. That was uh-huh. it was like just your noble sidekick, that's fine. Right. But then when they made him I think I'm going into number two about this. No, no, they make him a general. Yep. So then they do the war and he's a disaster when they're fighting. But then when he comes back he's like one of the Senate and I never understood that because he was a disaster throughout the whole film. Like he's lovely. Mm. Adorable character, but not Senate. Qualified? <laughs> you can't just run no politics. politician material. No. Yeah, the politicians in the in the I, early See, to be honest, I prefer Jar Jar over yeah. Bojo. To be honest, <laughs> well, I don't understand how Jedi's and stuff can sense minute things like, oh, he's entered the room in the next room across to that room, but they can't. They can't just look at Palpatine and go. Something off a bit. <laughs> he's a wee bit dodgy. Like, how does he go under the radar for as long as he does? And he's. he's Making video calls at that time, uh, I'm sure these could easily be traced because they've done it in other films. It's like Superman with glasses. Who's that? Who's down? Oh, hey, Palpatine, my man, how you doing? I'm just doing a Zoom call. <laughs> we had quite an interesting experience as well. We are going back from 4 5 to 1 2 3. Mm-hmm. You didn't realise that Palpatine was serious. I did not. Which right. I think we take for granted that yeah. everyone would notice. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I think when you introduce someone new to like the story, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think they have any reason to connect those dots uh-huh. until episode three. Three, yeah. Really. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was, um, I think that made that, it made something into a reveal that I didn't realise was a reveal. Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, you like, you've done a proper gasp. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Dramatic and everything. When was I the did. first time he had suspicions? And he was like, kill him. I don't actually know. I don't know. There was something dodgy about him. Like there was definitely something dodgy, but I didn't know it would be that dodgy. Do you know what I mean? Like the big man, (laughs) 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 like the big scary man. That's an issue throughout. I never expected that, but he just—I think the way he was shot and things like that, like his camera angles and all that, and like the darkness around him. When you look at it, you kind of get it. But I, because we done it the way we did, I wouldn't have known. It's Until called, it's called Machete Order. Machete the, Order, yeah. The way uh-huh. we watched it, which is four, five, one, two, three, six. Uh huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Aye, so uh, Phantom Menace. Who is more racist, Jar Jar Binks or Water? Who's winning that prize? Because let's be honest, there's a fair wee bit. Uh... I don't think they are racist. I think they're, the way they've depicted the characters. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Aye, because Jar Jar's a fairly obvious characterisation of uh-huh. uh, your ma- your man who likes the green. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and what was clearly not a not a very nice depiction of maybe maybe someone Jewish. Yeah, it, it, it's. <laughs> and I'll, I'll level with you, Boss Nas. The rest of the Gungans aren't much better. No, it's. You don't want to say you can forgive it because you can't really. It's it is quite a, a racist. There's racist <laughs> undercurrents in that film, most definitely. But um, that was the thing I was going to bring up again, like. Definitely watching it now, you're like, oh. <laughs> but see, as a kid watching it, uh, it just goes under the radar. You don't think about no, it. No, you don't but... think about it, but it influences you when you're a kid, that sort of thing. So you're thinking, oh, oh, look at that funny guy with a funny voice. And that's what gets in your head, and that's what makes racism, is kids not recognising it. Do you know what I mean? 
and that's where the that's where the issue that's the real issue I have about the t- is a racist film aimed at Wayne's. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I've never oppressed anyone around me calling them like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> you big Gungan. <laughs> you big nerf herder. That's our word. <laughs> Shame on the Gungan who tries to ungame in the Gungan. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, so other than that. The droids were cool, battle droids and all that, bang, yeah. bang, bang, lightsaber fights, big uh, big Liam doing his thing there. Big Liam. We're forgetting Handsome big Liam. We're forgetting about the clear best part of episode one, mm-hmm. which is the pod race. Yep. Oh, that was which, great. Totally agree. Yep, which is 100%. unbelievable. It has absolutely so no right to be in a Star Wars film. <laughs> <laughs> the pod race would be great if it wasn't for Jake Lloyd. I think he's terrible. He's, he's a good actor. Aye, he's the worst kid. Oh my god, he's awful. <laughs> he's, oh no, he's terrible. Witness of some home trips tonight, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> See, to be fair, what's the name of Anakin and uh, two and Hayden three? Christensen. Hayden Christensen. He's, he's a better actor. <laughs> <laughs> he's a better actor. Oh, we are doing these boys dirty. I think. I think you are letting the writing off with murder. <laughs> oh, aye, yeah. okay. The script obviously wasn't. Obviously wasn't the best in the world, but um, no, the pod race, great scene, mm-hmm. ruined by ruined by bad acting, I think. Really, um, like, I don't think we did have much to do with the actual race. I thought the actual race was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the actual race itself was, but um, especially when you're a kid watching that film, you're uh, like, wow. And I think yeah. I think it comes back to one of the great things about Star Wars that everything's kinetic. Mm. Um, when there's switches, actual f- switches getting flipped. Uh-huh. When he, when Anakin's panicking in that pod, try to fix his engines, uh-huh. he is flicking everything, man, and you can hear every kind of switch flick and uh-huh. circuit move. That's something great about the Star Wars universe. I didn't rely. I don't know. It feels like as stuff kind of got more modern, they tried to move away from having all everything sort of analog. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It feels like. It feels like the Star Wars universe almost has this kind of steampunk vibe to it, mm. at, at least in the the technology. Uh-huh. Now, um, which I think is something really special, and I think they really got that right in this pod racing scene especially. Yeah. Because I felt it. I you felt yeah, it. Yeah. I think the general tone of the, the prequels, but loses something to me. Like, I watched like A New Hope and stuff like that first, and... I thought when they done the prequels, obviously it went to CGI like a lot more heavily on CGI and stuff rather than using animatronics and stuff like that. And I think that kind of took it away, and that's why I think like the newer ones that just came out. I mm-hmm. think that's why I really like them. But the story in that as well, it lacks. I don't really like it, but I like the fact they've tried to recapture the old films, going back to like the uh-huh. more animatronics, even just. Yeah. Even the Mandalorian. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Mandalorian. using a lot more stuff with really like animatronics to make it look like that kind of old movie, but there's mm. something very real to it. That's the thing, when you watch the remastered original series, a trilogy, and they've got the CGI um, Jabba the Hutt in episode four, and they've added CGI banthers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they filled out a it lot just, of background it's space. Like, eh, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit with your memory of Star Wars kind of thing. You, when you think of Star Wars, you think of these physical costumes that are really well designed. Um, maybe they look a bit cookie for time to time. <laughs> maybe they look a bit phallic for time to time. But there's something really kind of part part of the Star Wars vibe that you lost a little bit in the prequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah too clean looking sort of a lot of time. Yeah, and... I think I think moving Yoda away for a puppet was. A big and ultimately poor decision. Yeah. I think what they're trying to do there, but as I'm saying, younger, he wasn't really that much younger considering, like, I know Aye, he considering, ages, like considering he lives to like 900, yeah. the extra 50 mm. years isn't he? But much. they were wanting to make him jump about and stuff like that and actually have lightsaber battles. So they wanted, to, sell, they wanted to sell toys yeah, to Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to sell toys in Empire Strikes Back, so that's why they do walks. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's nothing new to Star Wars. You forget that the way Star Wars did revolutionise the toy industry, you know what I mean? By that's true, mm-hmm. it's always it's always been prevalent. It's never been oh it's, they never sold out because they were you know, the cars were on the table to start with. It's like we're here to make money out of this. Mm. And you know, the initial run of Star Wars toys for the 70, from 74 from, from A New Hope um, they were the big toy to have at Christmas and all that yeah. but Star Wars Toys is a different episode that'll yeah, go into 
See, Aye. when like, A New Hope and that came out, mm-hmm. was that originally aimed at children or was that more for adults? It was aimed at kids. Um, again, the, the, the toys, the the year it was coming out, because there was a, it was back in the day when there used to be um, a, a difference in release between America and the UK, bringing it out. So they didn't have enough toys, right? to sell because that's what all the kids wanted at Christmas because Star Wars was coming out. So what they did, they sold a voucher for the first like five or six toys. So kids were opening up their thing Christmas morning with a voucher to get toys in February. How how happy would you be? <laughs> you yes, know, But folk were buzzing about it. I, I, I've got to see those vouchers. Now those fortunes are worth a bloody fortune. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, so we've done, uh, we've done Phantom Menace. We'll move on to your favourite then. Alex, here we go. So, so it's, it's, it's me and Robin. And I was, I, I very much when I was watching this with Robin was like a form our own opinion. Uh huh. Because I, I, no, I, you I, were not. No, I wasn't. You came at me with bias. Which one's this? Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. I think it's the worst film in the Star Wars saga by a it long wasn't great. way. Is that the one with Yoda and the lightsaber fight? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's also the one with I hate sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. It is coarse. It's and it does also get the everywhere. bit where um, Anakin commits genocide and then Padme asks him. Yep, uh, is he okay? I, I pa- didn't understand. Well, I did under- Actually, it was infuriating, to be honest. He <laughs> <laughs> just, obviously, bad things happened to his mum. That's awful. He cleared out the whole village and then was all stressed when he came back, quite rightly so. And mm-hmm. then Padme had the absolute audacity to go, What's wrong? Are you okay? When he's already just told him. She, she's, he... like, she's like, I've, I've killed all the men, women, and children too. And she's like, Cool, whatever, that's fine. Are you alright? Are you alright? Right? <laughs> <laughs> paracetamol. Yeah. I honestly, um, there's the bit with the pear. That right? was awful. Yeah, it was a I don't think people remember story. this, but I remember this. Right, uh, Padme and Anakin are sitting down for dinner. Uh-huh. It wasn't necessary. Yeah, for some reason, Anakin just floats a pear over to her fork. Right. It's awful. Doesn't look it, the CGI is awful. There's no reason for it to be there. It doesn't add to the story whatsoever, it other really than doesn't. other than Padme giving him a wee coy look. Like <laughs> to be fair, if I had the force, I would be doing that left, right, <laughs> all <laughs> the time, all the time. You're there, my girl. You're trying to impress her here. Do what Pearl loving? You would. Come you, you'd on, be all don't about it. You would abuse it. Oh, you would. You'd be, you'd be sitting in the, the you'd be sitting in the couch. Fancy a beer. Fridges all the way over there. <laughs> you would. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. And like, I think uh, Star Wars Episode Two, like, gets away with a lot because it came after Episode One, right. which had had such a poor kind of reception by this point. But I think Episode Two just bores me. Mm. And is, I, is yeah. that the one with General Grievous? No, that's episode three. Is that the one with the big fight in the arena? Yeah. Yes. The big fight in the arena. I liked that. Big fight in the arenas. That was good. Also, the I big fight in the arenas. with that big spider thing. That big spider? I remember <laughs> that. That looked works. great. That works. The big, the big fight in the arena is good. And Natalie Portman looks amazing. She does. She is stunning. She is and actually it, stunning. But then mm-hmm. it leads to the fight with Dooku, where. Um, Obi Wan is incapacitated by a small graze on his right leg. Is <laughs> one weakness. Aye, like he, he goes like they're having like voo, 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 and uh, he goes Ding! right. He gets a wee bit burnt, and you can see it. He's a wee bit burnt, uh, and he goes down. And he's like ah, oh, ah, uh, but, uh, but you see, you see, you need knowledge of the background to fully appreciate that. The Count Dooku's third form lightsaber. So he he's the only guy, right? That's oh, because this is the one that's lightsaber against lightsaber. Uh, lightsaber. He's, yeah. he's the rest of them are sort of trained to defect, deflect blazer blasts and all that. Count Dooku is trained purely to fight other dudes with lightsabers. So that's how he's the best at fighting dudes with lightsabers. So that makes sense. It got on his leg. And go, I, oh yeah, he still got taken out. <laughs> 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 um, I think the thing about the second film would be the whole introduction to the Clone Wars. Yeah, mm. even though the the film should be called. Things that happened before the Clone Wars. <laughs> but I think that's the whole idea. It shows that the clones were created by Django Fett and stuff. And mm-hmm. how it came about. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's that's an annoying thing in retrospect. There is clearly a great story to tell about the Clone Wars. Because we got mm-hmm. the Clone Wars series afterwards. Say they did six and, yeah. and we got Rebels and stuff like that, which dealt with it a bit more. Why didn't they just do that in a film? It's or a bit of that in the film. It's the second episode, the one where um, it's uh, 
Django Fett and yeah. Obi Wan. Yes. That's just that, this film seems like solid gold the way I'm looking back at it. It's got the greatest <laughs> scene in the arena. It's got the Django Fett um, fighting Obi Wan. That seems like there's some good there's, scenes in there. But. I don't mind it, to be fair. Aye. It used to be one that I really didn't like, and then I went back to it and I was like, ah, it's actually alright. And then I watched it again today and I was like, ah, <laughs> maybe no. Maybe no. I think, it's, I think it's one of these things where I think it feels like they're trying to set you up for episode three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're asking you to accept a little bit too much. Mm. Um, like, Obi-Wan turns up on Kimono and they go, mm-hmm. Here, by the way, there's a million clones here. We've made them for you, right? And they're just like, no, oh, fair enough. No, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this doesn't really make sense, but let's take them. Aye. <laughs> and also, and also, if you get this seat, <laughs> you can take them back. Who's foot in the boat? You know what I mean? <laughs> and also, it all comes out. It's all part of Sidious's plan. Aye. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think they. It's worth noting. I don't. I haven't watched it with Robin. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do a good enough job making you aware of that mm-hmm. because Robin can. Completely missed that. I did. <laughs> and it wasn't like Robin wasn't watching it. We were sitting watching it together and completely missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just... I think it asks you to accept a bit too much and then asks you to skip a bit too much before you get to episode three. Mm. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And having watched some of the Clone Wars, I haven't watched all of it, but I haven't watched some of it, it's a great series with clearly a lot of backstory mm-hmm. and a great story in general to tell. Aye. I think would have been better served seeing a seeing a film set in that time period. Ma, sorry, go ahead, guy. No, I was just going to agree. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. My, my my solid biggest problem with the film, though, my like the one thing I can put a finger on and mm-hmm. go, this is why I hate it. Aye. The. The, characterise Anakin, as a legitimate sociopath. Yeah. Right. So, right. Where the whole thing is, he's meant to be conflicted. We're meant to see his fall to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you just take it, if you started watching it, episode two, you would be utterly convinced that Anakin was an evil dude from the start, uh-huh. which isn't how you should feel. Episode no. three saves it a bit. Um, when we talk about episode three, I can discuss I that. Know, we'll that surely. But episode two, Anakin just seems like he should have been kicked out of the Jedi Order 18 times yeah. just in that, that film. Especially, like, <clears throat> in the first film when he has the little boy he's so sweet and you're yeah. like oh, well, are you an he? angel so yeah but it was like some things that he done slightly that you're like oh but it's like just fill up like Yoda even knows he's just wiped out a full town of people and he's like <laughs> yeah, I think so there's something wrong in the force <laughs> <laughs> you think Yoda come on you did with the wee Jake Lloyd setting fast a couple of cats <laughs> in the first film just <laughs> you know what I mean get a wee bit of that foreshadowing going on but there isn't there no, much no, it's, it's very much Anakin is completely broken in the second film. Yeah. Like he's on the verge of turning into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And at that point in the story, he's still a long way off turning into Darth Vader. Mm. Or turning to the dark side. So we maybe should have had a second film where he was a lot more conflicted. Yeah. But that's the thing, they've really they they've left it like that on purpose, so they can fill it in with stuff like the Clone Wars and novels and comic books and video games and all that. I think all that's a lot on purpose. I think what these gaps between the Star Wars films are for is so they, they can fill out that universe and get more money out of you. <laughs> um You're not wrong. I, I, that, that's why I think those gaps those gaps are there. So, um episode two, overall, yes or no? Episode episode two is a no for me. I know. It's a no for me as well. Gary. I can watch it while doing other things just for the music. Right, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. So, it's it's not top of the list. Definitely it's not top not. of the list. So, no. so, so far, Phantom Menace is winning by default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found the second one was, I was this close to just stopping. Really? Like, that's, that was it. And I'd already done four, five. Uh, yeah, so that's four how... Four, five, one. That's how it felt with Robin. Yeah, like, I was sure, mm. no, I'm done. I felt, I felt like with Robin, if I hadn't done four and five first... Uh-huh. Robin would have checked out it too. Yeah, it's not good. It's uh, just no. It's a no for me. Just no. It's a <laughs> no. big. It's a big thumbs down for uh, for Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, episode three. I really liked episode Chef's three. Chef's kiss. That literally. <laughs> so you feel you feel that brought so it back round? Oh, yeah. I absolutely did. But then what I found watching them, I feel like if you have like a absolute shocking film the next film is to make up for that film Aye. it's very noticeable at times it seems better by contrast yeah, yeah. so they're like oh my god we really messed up this film so let's 
do one that answers all these questions and then gives me a wee bit more story. Uh-huh. So it's always like how I felt at times. I'm not saying all the films, like I enjoyed them. But when it came to two and to three, I just felt like that's what was going on as and they're like, okay, everyone hated it. So let's okay. do something about it. And then I had all this stuff in. Um, number three was my favourite, I would say, definitely. The end, the war, the number 66, I literally shed a tear, I'm not going to lie. Like, it actually, <laughs> for someone who's never watched Star Wars in uh-huh. any capacity, when number 66 was thrown and everyone turned on them, I was sure. Like, I literally just sat in silence and there was a tear coming down my face and that's when I knew I was in too deep. <laughs> Still had, still had seven films to watch at that no. point. <laughs> I was like, I can't, just, I can't stop now. Like that's it. It's just you said number sixty six. To be pedantic about it, it's all the sixty six. You're saying number sixty six, and it makes it sound like you're like terrified of this, like <laughs> like being in pork or something Sorry. like that. It's like something for the Chinese. Number sixty six. Oh, not the number sixty six. To me now. <laughs> but it was one of these things. I think. Episode three fixed everything, or at least tried to fix everything I had an issue mm-hmm. with him too. Okay. Anakin's a conflicted character. Uh-huh. He's not fully gone. Yeah. You see it happen over the course of the film. Mm-hmm. He's a lot more charismatic in the film. He's he's a bit more boisterous, you know, he's a bit uh-huh. more fun. Like when he's on the spaceship at the start uh-huh. and the the battle above Coruscant where he's like, This is where the fun begins. It's like it's fun. He's just yeah. enjoying his life. Him and Obi Wan have a Really good back and forth, like I'm not brave enough for politics. Great laugh. Yeah. Um and it's just He's not an emo anymore. He's not an emo. He's, he's not an emo anymore. He was a very pouty person. <laughs> I found I literally watched it and I was like, he's really annoying me. Is that not just his face though? Uh, like, he just has like, that kind of face. But I found with that in general, I more resonated with like the, the side characters or the additional characters than I did mm-hmm. the main, especially the Skywalkers throughout. They just were really pouty. Mm. And they were just quite... I don't know. You know how I felt about it? I was like, what is he doing? Like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just some of the things. He was just so... Oh, he just I... was really pouty. <laughs> so, so what the stands out standout scenes in the third movie? What sticks in your mind Order 66 Order 66 <laughs> when General Grievous pulls out the oh that's so cool when you, that's so cool when you get some lightsabers out ah it's amazing that looks so cool there's obviously the fight at the end thanks for dropping in there's the fight in the end on Mustafa yeah which is 20 minutes of pure yeah it's it, good it's, it's so good You, everyone forgets that the Yoda and Palpatine fight's right in the middle of it aye <laughs> Aye. Like when you think of that scene, do you remember there's cutaways to Palpatine and Yoda fighting? No. <laughs> it it was a good it was a good scene, but the the ending's just, you know, he's been trained for years and years. He's this Jedi, he's powerful in the Force. You better not do that. I've got the high ground. You go. You know what? You're absolutely correct. You do have the high ground. So see if I jump over there, you're just going to slice me to bits because obviously that's what's going to happen. He's blinded by his rage, Greg. Yeah. But, Dark side's all about like, it. So, so you can always shoot some lightning at him or first, first or something in the name. Eh, I think, I think what did he think would happen? I think it's important for... The way I read it is that Anakin knows it's important for him to beat his master. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. as we know from, like, the rest of us have dived a bit more into Star Wars lore uh-huh. than maybe Robin has. But, like, in in the Sith, and the dark side, there's the ruler too. Uh-huh. There's always a master. There's always an apprentice. You only become a master when you de- you defeat your master. Uh-huh. You're always an apprentice before that, and I think that's kind of the mindset that Anakin's in. I'm not, uh, I'm not powerful enough uh-huh. until I defeat Obi Wan in kind of single combat. Right. Um, and he, I think there's part of like the hubris as well. He genuinely thinks he can. He, they are just about equal. Aye. The only the only difference is that this is expanded by one in the Clone Wars books and TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, Obi Wan is like a defensive god as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. like lightsaber combat That's, is concerned. Yeah, and you show that when he's fighting Grievous. Yeah, by the time he is halfway through the Clone Wars, like there's 
there's like written stories that people are saying it's literally impossible to hit him with a blaster. If he's got a lightsaber in his hand, it's impossible to hit him with a blaster Aye. because he's just that good at was it Shinnan form or whatever it's called. Aye, Aye. Um, but that's that's how I read that final fight. Yeah, he could have been like no. Aye. I'll just chill out on the lava for Aye, a while. See you later. <laughs> Keep my get legs. you later. Get you later. Right. <laughs> I think. I think for his character and and the, it's important for him to defeat Obi Wan. Uh-huh. So why is he fighting Obi Wan again? Uh, because <laughs> because Obi Wan's there to stop him. To stop him doing what? So is he thinks this is the bit that always gets me. His wife is in labour, so he has to go and kill a bunch of kids. Right. <laughs> Right, so right. so right. so having watched it recently, uh huh. Right, so it all comes down to the fight with uh, Darth Sidious in front of Palpatine. Um, is that he tells Count, Anakin tells Count Dooku, he grasses on Palpatine. Mm-hmm. He's like, because he he's like he's still in the Jedi at this point. Aye. He's like, Mace, please let me let's go sort this out together. Aye. And Mace is like, No, we'll do it, and then we'll reward you. Aye. And that kind of plays in his mind. He's like, they still don't trust me. Aye. Which is why he goes there. He goes to Palpatine. And he sees Mace Windu about to break the Jedi Order because he's got an unarmed prisoner uh-huh. in front of him. And he's like, well, I'm just going to kill you. That's what Mace Windu's like. Mace Windu says, I'm just going to kill Palpatine. Because he's a Sith Lord. Yeah, no, but you can't have an Anakin's head right. and an audience's head you can't really have the Jedi preach justice mm. uh-huh. for three That's films fair. to then go, well, I'm just going to kill you without a trial. Okay. I get... And that's the start with he was fighting the uh, Dooku. Aye. Yeah, yeah. He's like, kill him. He's like, it's not the Jedi way. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. At that moment when he's like, he stops Mace Windu from killing Palpatine, uh-huh. and at least the Palpatine killing Dooku, Ed Windu, right? Anakin realises in that moment that there's a switch. Mm-hmm. He can't go back. He either has to commit fully to the dark side. Uh-huh. Well, no, there is no option. He has to, to commit, commit fully to the, to the dark, dark side because there is no going back to the light. Uh-huh. The only hope for Padme to survive mm-hmm. is to go fully dark side. And that's when Sidious like, kind of takes control of him uh-huh. and tells him, kill all the wains, uh, and then whatever. You're, uh-huh. you're just my puppet for the rest of your life. The dark side and give them the ability to bring back the dead. Yeah, bring back Pad. Well, save Padme. Yeah. Aye. Um, and it's just... I'd, I'd really do love episode three. Mm-hmm. Do you know the, the worst thing about episode three, that bit at the end, where um, he's on the table and he does the Frankenstein bit. Darth Vader does the Frankenstein bit. No! Oh, good God, that's terrible. <laughs> that ruined the film for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it genuinely did. It was... Awful. You ever, you, you ever so seen it in thinking. Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you it in the break. It is one of the. F- it's it's so much better, but it's also funnier. Funnier. Aye. It's just it's just what what were they thinking of? All the ways they could have done it. Such a, a pivotal moment in sort of cinema history, and he chose to try and rip off Frankenstein. <laughs> um, it was just it was just painful. And on that note... And on that note, on that bombshell, we are going to wrap up the first half of the show and we shall be back shortly. Here is some... music. And we're back uh, after that wonderful piece of music. Thanks very much for that, Gary. Not a problem. Uh, was, I really enjoyed it, uh, particularly <laughs> I, the bongo break in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> put all my effort in. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk a wee bit about Star Wars now. Just just the universe in general and other aspects of it. Um, start off talking about the lightsabers. 
Yeah, because we were talking about them outside. Um, I think we had the question about why different Jedi have different coloured lightsabers, and you had a bit of insight, Greg, if you'd like to. Well, they changed, the, as I say, they changed the canon backwards and forwards. But it used to be that the coloured lightsaber defended uh, defined sort of the class of Jedi that were. The green one was for like a defender, and the blue one was for like I don't know a ranger or whatever they called them. But they all represented. You could tell what job a Jedi had by the colour mm-hmm. of his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they changed all that for like like the sort of Harry Potter style thing. Yeah, like I said, it was like the the crystal the chose you. The crystal chose you, and it just so happened whatever uh, kyber crystal that you got, that was the color of a uh, wand that you had. <laughs> you know, um, and it used to be that the um, the Sith ones, the red ones, were synthetic, and that's how they were always red. Um, so that, because that, the Jedi had a monopoly on, kyber on, crystals. on crystals, they should have got into some trade federation talks about <laughs> them. <laughs> Bloody Jedi capitalist pigs! <laughs> <laughs> Keep all the good crystals. Let's push this. The story, the, the Star Wars story, is actually just a, a story of communist uprising. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have any color lightsaber, Greg, what would it be? Oh, now that's a good one. Um, now, right. You're only allowed one. I'm only no allowed one. Style. And I'm, no double sided. I'm not allowed Two different colours. I'm not allowed. One colour. One colour. Right, I'm going to go for the dark saver. I'm going to go for the black one. Oh, that was <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you do, I have seen like pure white ones as well. Yeah, pure white would be good. Pure white well. ones, it's just like a glow stick, man. <laughs> Go for go for like the hipster choice, like the proto saber, <laughs> which is the lights the original lightsaber where they had to have a power pack on their back Aye. because the lightsaber was that power intensive. Aye, nah, but seriously, I'd have a yellow one. A yellow one. Oh man, they just look cool. I think they didn't. They should have put more of the yellow ones in the films. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like they just when you see them in the games and stuff, you're like, oh, yellow. Yeah, <laughs> they look so cool. Yeah, pea coloured lightsaber, brilliant. <laughs> It looks like they're at a rave, man, because they're just like <laughs> whacking about glow sticks. I would go for the yellow as well, definitely, just for those reasons as well. <laughs> the thing about lightsabers, so I think I, I probably did ask you, but can anyone use a lightsaber? Yes. Yes. Yes, they can. Um, in Empire Strikes Back, uh, Han Solo uses a lightsaber to open mm. up a tauntaun. Mm. Um, that's the one that sort of springs to mind. But yeah, pretty much anyone can. And there's even a bit in Phantom Menace mm. where um, Jake Lloyd asks Liam Neeson, uh, "Oh, you must be a you must be a Jedi mm. because you've got a lightsaber." And it's like, "Oh, maybe I killed a Jedi and stole yeah. his lightsaber." Mm. So yeah, I think the lower reason for it is that lightsabers are very light because they are just light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to use them effectively you essentially have to have a connection to the force right. and have right. that force training yeah. to use a lightsaber effectively you have to have the reactions of a Jedi or a so what about Grievous then well he's he's mechanical so it's like you can tell he's not as no he just sort of spins them around quick doesn't he yeah it's yeah. a it's a brute force tactic aye um, but you see him get defeated by Mm. Um, obviously Obi-Wan uses a blaster it's so uncivilised it is um, so uncivilised <laughs> does, does, does it ever give you the reason why Grievous sounds like he's got like, the right, so right you really want to right. know this <laughs> go Alex Here we so, go. So, so, so Grievous was actually part of an alien kind of warrior race originally so right. he didn't used to be metal so he's not 100% droid no he's a cyborg basically um, so he was part of this kind of warrior race that the Sith or Serious, aye, like big lizard sort of things, weren't they? Aye, uh, took over and killed really. Um, but Sirius was kind of like their greatest warrior, uh-huh. and Sirius saw this kind of potential in him to use as a weapon, so kind of completely broke him, yeah. um, and kind of built him back up with mechanical parts till there's just about nothing left of the original creature that turned into Grievous, apart from his bad lungs. No, he's, he's no, not Smoking yet. Smoking for you, you, day situation. Not, not, we're not there yet. So he gets, t- he basically has his lungs left, and he gets in a fight with Mace Windu during the Clone Wars, and Mace Windu, as we know, kind of toes the line between the dark side Aye. and the light side, mm-hmm. and Mace Windu uses a Force Crush, which Aye. is something you only ever see dark side Jedi do Aye. on General Grievous's lungs, and that's why, by the time it comes to Episode Three, he's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Know there we go. Ah, a wee bit of backstory on General Grievous. 
You said mine. Watched a lot of YouTube videos. Ah, you your homework. Robin, what's your favourite thing about the Star Wars universe? If I'm honest, I like how it's all shot. I like the creation of the planets and things like that. I just thought it was so well done all the time, and the planets were just I can imagine. Obviously, I didn't start watching it till I was twenty four, but I can actually see why kids got so invested in it because it's just this whole universe that's just so magical it's unbelievable and everything about where it was set was just spot on every single planet was so different and i'm more like i'm really interested in that but i was also really attached to like the droids i really loved the droids <laughs> and chewy i loved him so much <laughs> see, see in episode nine where like you think Chewie had died yeah, I was, was like okay. I was checking on Robin like every five <laughs> seconds are you, no, you alright that. <laughs> that's, that's the thing when I was younger I really didn't connect to R2-D2 and C-3PO mm-hmm. see now that I've watched the original trilogy when I'm older mm-hmm. hilarious mm-hmm. So everything, everything about them makes me laugh like C-3PO just getting a wee backhand or whatever it's just uh, it's something about it it's just <laughs> so funny yeah. episode 5 like C-3PO is at his best C-3PO's at his most witty. Uh, <laughs> just everything about it makes me laugh. Excellent. Heard that thing about C-3PO having the silver leg? Sorry? Yeah. What's the effect called again? The It's got a name. Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. Uh-huh. So, like, C-3PO's got a silver leg. Uh-huh. He doesn't. Does he know? Well, he does, he, he does in the sure? first film. <laughs> in the very first, in episode one he does. No, no, in uh, uh, episode four. I'm pretty sure four. he's got a silver leg. He does yeah. in episode four. Am I getting Mandela affected just now? all silver. What? Including the bit where he's all silver when Anakin goes back and sees him in the second film. Yeah, yeah. okay, fair enough. But throughout, he's always got the one silver leg. He does. Does he? And then later on, he gets a red arm. But uh, mm. <laughs> you, you, you must not recognise me. Yes. That, that sent me to the moon <laughs> watching that film. Because the film was actually quite serious up to that point. I was like, uh, it, like stuff had just happened. They just had this very trifling moment. Master Sutherland <laughs> <laughs> sent me to the moon. Sorry, what were we talking about? Mandela effect with silver leg. So we're saying yeah. that like. Every scene C3PO's in that you can see he's like, he's got a silver leg. One, one of the panels in his leg is silver. One of the panels in his leg is silver. Can, can, can we pause? And go no, 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 no. I, I believe you, but I'm, right. I'm, this is what happens when you get Mandela effect. Uh, You're like, sorry. Uh, like when someone tells you, was it Shazam's not a real film or whatever? Have you got a favourite thing about the Star Wars universe, Greg? Aye. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting one because basically it's uh, it, it's it's sword and sword. So your wizards are Jedi, like Jedi are wizards. You've got dragons, you've got rogues, you've got all that sort of thing. It's basically a, 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 a mash between a a fantasy film and a the the first films. Where anyway, the first films like a, a samurai movie. Yeah. Um, basically, the the first film was a samurai film. When I say the first film, I mean Episode Four. Yeah. Um, but. The it, it's amazing when the um, uh, the original ones when they came out in the cinema, all the stuff and the remastered ones that George Lucas went back and fixed. And there's so much of it, they like you should have. He, he did fix it, and it looks a lot better. Mm. Like in the original cinematic release for for Empire, when the snow speeders are like flying around the attacks, you can actually see through the side of the snow speeder. Just because mm. they didn't have the technology to do a full thing at the time, and they fixed that. And there's loads of other just wee daft bits that they fixed. And you think, why couldn't you just leave it there? You didn't have to fill up all this like a square empty space with you know a droid with a yo-yo or whatever. It's just it was just it was just too much. <laughs> but it was trying to bring it into the same sort of theme and make it look more like Episode One. Before you know episode I mean? one came out, yeah. You know, because that's when episode one came out, so it's trying to sort of pull it into this universe, mm-hmm. and uh, people realised that universe kind of stank, and and you know, the later films it's sort of it's drifted back out for that to a certain extent that you don't mm-hmm. need every square inch drawing your attention. You don't need your eyes fighting for attention when you're mm-hmm. looking at something. Um, 
But f- for the actual universe itself, yeah, the Jedi's are pretty cool. Can you imagine if we had Jedi's like the now? Yeah. Like, Jedi's and Cumberland, right? There <laughs> we go. All Jedi are bad. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the local Cumbernauld police station, Jedi's. Right? <laughs> so instead of police, we've got Jedi's. And they're going about with their lightsabers, right? Stopping, like, Wayne's drinking bucket at the bus stop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, how, would that, how would that translate into Cumbernauld? Be a lot more peaceful. I mean, there's as much aggression. You, just... you do want to pour this buck fast out and change your life. <laughs> that's, okay. that's true. That's true. Good to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Crime would certainly come down. Force right. pulling a joint off his own head. It'd just be chaos. It <laughs> would. It would. It'd be mental. It'd be absolutely mental. That um, they seem to have the ability, like like Robin was saying, um, you can go anywhere. There's a massive, massive galaxy. You know, if if you like the, the temperature at 37 degrees exactly, you'll find a planet that's got the temperature at 37 <laughs> degrees exactly, and just go and make a house on it. I I think it was a it was very bold choice to start on a planet and go. By the way, this planet's got two suns. Aye. In episode four, cause it set this expectation that wherever you go, something's going to be. Special Aye. about every planet you go to here, and it was a big, it was a big check to write Aye. in the very first film they make. But they always write it, man. They yeah. always crash it. Mm. Yeah, like every planet they go to feels special. It feels unique. Um, even I can't think of a planet I don't like in the Star Wars universe off the mm. top of my head. Mm. Even ones that haven't been shown on film properly. We've never seen Dathomir on yeah, it's play on screen, but Dathomir, yeah. I mean, it's such a well-realized sort of thing through books and video games and stuff like that. Dathomir's where Darth Maul's from. Yeah. That's where his race is from. Right. And it's dark. Oh, and dingy. I, I, As you see in Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. where he can play it, mm. Dathomir yeah. is like super weird witchcraft. And yeah, mm. yeah. The Force, the force kind of takes the form of what we would call witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's quite tribal and... Mm. It's cool. It is, yeah. it is. That's pretty awesome. So it's like other media then, video games would... What video games have you played? I mean, outside a pod racer. Um, <laughs> I think an honourable mention goes to the Lego Star Wars games. Because oh. the Lego Star Wars games are... They birthed the whole genre. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty the much. Lego, like, that seemed like such a weird choice when Lego Star Wars came out. Like, why are you doing a Lego Star Wars game? Why are you playing it? Aye. And they're hilarious. And Aye, they're, they're charming uh, without any dialogue whatsoever. Aye. Um, and that's just so funny. Um, but my favourite game... By a long way, is Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, the original. Aye. I think it's the best Star Wars story ever told. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the game play, mm-hmm. it's not terrible, but it hasn't aged well. Yeah, really, because it's turn, it's almost turn based, and yeah, it's like playing a D and D game, but Star Wars. But Star Wars, aye. But playing through that world, it was the first kind of. Bioware game where you could do that thing where you could talk to your crew, you could build your crew, mm-hmm. build relationships, and your decisions had weight in the story. Where if you went to the dark side, you really had to do some difficult things near the end of that game, uh-huh. um, like killing mission and stuff like that. It was uh, if you don't want it, if you don't want it spoiled, skip the next minute. Uh-huh. But the the twist in Knights of the Old Republic where it turns out you're Darth Revan uh-huh. blew me away, like. I remember sitting there as like an eleven-year-old kid or something, uh-huh. going, going, oh, this is what it felt like to see Empire Strikes Back, and it's the uh-huh. only thing that's ever given me that feeling. Uh-huh. Basically, you play for Robin's benefit. You play this character the whole game. You get told this backstory about two dark Jedi who turn to the dark side, and then just halfway through, it goes, oh, by the way, you've lost all your memories, but you are one of those dark Jedi, <laughs> uh, and you're like, oh no, I've been trying to be a good guy for half this game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I, I could gush about Knights of the Old Republic for hours. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the second game. Well, no, I was a fan of it, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. It wasn't on the same level for me. What did you think of the uh, last game that was out? Um, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. That was good. Is well, that... I, I enjoyed Fallen yeah, Order. I thought it was really good. Yeah, Fallen Order was was good. Customizable, nice graphics, good game. I liked it for the reason you were saying. You go to different planets and. Yeah. It does glorify these planets. It makes uh-huh. them look really, really nice, especially when you're going to get your Kyber crystal from the big ice planet. Yeah. Name. Oh, I've forgotten off the top of my head, sorry. Well, 
I'll look at them. Ice, <laughs> ice, ice crystal planet. Planet. Aye, Gary, that's who the planet. But, aye. I like that. It gives you the backstory. My favourite game is probably The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Because you go into the game knowing, I am a bad guy. You don't feel bad about killing everyone. Yeah, it's not mashing storm. Jedi way? Nah, nah, let's just force choke you. you sorry, do you mean the Force Unleashed? Force Unleashed, sorry. Force <laughs> Awakens is a yeah, film. You know what, I was sitting there and I was like, I can't remember there being a Force Awakens game <laughs> when you were talking about this outside as well. And I was like, it just hit me there. Sorry. sorry. No, Force, Unleashed. <laughs> force Unleashed. That was my favourite Star Wars uh, game. Just because the comedy value, see when you picked up a stormtrooper and you dangled him off the edge and he'd grab on, you'd be like, no! <laughs> it was hilarious, but you didn't feel bad about it because you weren't a Jedi, you were a Sith. Aye, you could get on doing all this, absolutely. And uh, there's some, an amazing bit in that. I think it turns up quite a few wee bits, but it's like a big end boss at the start of the games when you fight a, an Atat and you slice it in half. <laughs> oh, it's just so cool, man. It just splits right down the middle. And so video games, so what about like other media, non-canon books, that sort of thing? I mean I didn't I didn't read many of the non-canon books. No. Um I had a big box though, one of my dad's uh mates uh, sorry, one of the guys who work I used to work with Graham uh-huh. just handed me like sixty books <laughs> and went, Here you go, here's my Star Wars collection. I was like, Oh thanks Graham. Get them read. What? Um, <laughs> I think I read about two of them and was like, Okay, this is a bit much for me. Aye. Um but I've read the Throne books, mm-hmm. which are canon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these are the Timoth, not the Timoth, the Timothy Zane? Timothy Zane, yeah. Timothy Zane, because the books you're talking about, the the Throne books, are actually almost rewrites of mm-hmm. another trilogy uh, that Timothy Zane wrote back in the day before they changed the canon. Um, I know he'd written the, stuff before. The yeah. Heir, to the, Heir to the Empire books, I'm sure right. they were called, and they have throne in it as oh. the big villain right. sort of thing and then obviously there's a new throne books that you know after the canon all changed to pull <coughs> this character into canon but I'd, I'd love to see him i'd love to see him in a movie but i'm sure he's been in a couple of episodes or he he's in rebels in rebels yeah he turns up in rebels and i think those are there's three books thrown Throne alliances and thrown I literally just looked at it. Thrown to be wild. Uh, thrown, <laughs> thrown treason. Thrown treason. Um, all three of those books just tell this story of basically a military commander uh-huh. in the Empire. Mm-hmm. Just being amazing. Mm. Just being great at his job in all aspects. Now, I, I, think, I think it's the only time you see a character really stand up to or intellectually go head to head with Darth Vader as well yeah. and come out, with it, come out of it without being choked to death. <laughs> the 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 I don't know if I mentioned it so much in the later books, but certainly in the, in the the first there to the Empire books, there's a a lot of emphasis placed on how Thrawn, because he's blue skinned and red eyed, is the only sort of non human. Oh yeah, there's a big deal about that guy that's sort of risen to any sort of rank. So he's sort of, he's fighting against racism, so he has to be better than everybody else. There's a lot of undercurrents. But he is like eight times better than everyone. Aye, aye. Like even to the point where he outsm—he's outsmarted the emperor. Aye. Like what? In the books, Thrawn has a plan. Uh-huh. I'm not going to spoil what that plan is, but Thrawn very clearly because you don't find out till maybe the end of the first book. Uh-huh. Thrawn has a plan. And he effectively hides that plan from you, the reader, mm-hmm. and the Emperor uh-huh. at all times. Right. Which you've got to imagine is an incredibly hard thing to do, do yeah. when your boss is Darth Sidious. <laughs> 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 who who just can do whatever he wants, really. <laughs> <laughs> your boss is Darth Sidious. There's so much you can do with that, isn't there? <laughs> you know I'll be able to do overtime tonight. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to be 10 minutes late, boss. You failed me for the last time. <laughs> uh, do you want me to stay on the night, boss? Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> One of my favourite things about the Star Wars films, going back to the films, mm-hmm. is not the pretty planets and all the uh-huh. amazing droids and stuff like that, but the actual sound. The sound oh, of Star sound Wars. Like, John Williams mm. could not have got a better person to come in and compose and score to Star Wars. Yeah. It's just that you feel every single scene. But apart from John Williams, Ben Burt, hats off to Ben Burt, he is 
the in between the music sounds, every single he came up with the lightsaber sound, he's all your Ewoks, he's R two D two. Right. He is the sound behind Star Wars. One of my heroes. John um, Burke. Ben Burt. Burt. Or two teens. Burt. <laughs> it's it's interesting, um to just talking about the sound and R two D two there. Um legend has it the reason he's called R two D two, um it's from uh, Steven Spielberg's American Graffiti. Um, when he did American Graffiti, uh, Real 2, Dialogue 2, is the yeah. noise that R2-D2 makes, and that's why he's R2-D2, yeah. Real 2, Dialogue 2, yeah. Do you know how they got the sound of R2-D2? How did they get the sound of R2-D2? Oh, our man Burt was on his synthesizer, uh-huh. and he figured out that in the Star Wars universe, they like to have the droids have like a human aspect to them, uh-huh. especially like R2-D2, but R2-D2 doesn't have a mouth and stuff, so uh-huh. he used a synthesizer. You get the sounds, uh-huh. the wee bleeps and bloops. Uh-huh. But then he also recorded his own voice. Right. Trying to imitate the sounds that he's creating on the right. keyboard. And this creates a thing called temporal fusion. Right. An audio, which means two sounds very similar will create an individual sound. Uh-huh. Which basically has the two sounds but combined. Uh-huh. And that's what gives it the human element. So all these bleeps and bloops uh-huh. you're hearing are to do. Burt's also uh-huh. imitating it with his own wow. voice to give it a human feel. There you go. That's amazing. It was quite funny watching the films with subtitles because it would just be beeps happily. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's every so often it would take you out the moment, and I would just be like. <laughs> how, how come? How come certain folk can understand Android and other folk can't? And how come certain folk can like understand Wookies and other folk can't? I've never really got that. Is there like a, a night class to learn to speak droid? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is is there like a a standard grade in Wookie you can take at the local polytechnic? I mean, how how does it work? I, I reckon chips. Do you reckon Some chips? Some sort of installment. Oh right, right, that okay. Makes sense. I thought you were going to go. Oh no, he's attuned to him in the force. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no he's bolt through his head. <laughs> so, hey, okay. <laughs> That is weird as well, because it seems to be like, if you can understand one droid, you can understand them all. Aye. And it's the fact that people like new films, Finn, right? Uh-huh. Part of the Empire. You'd assume he deals with droids quite a bit. You think Doesn't so? Doesn't have a clue. Not a Scooby. Not a Scooby. Not a Scooby. When, when BB-8 talks to him, he's just like, eh. Yeah, what? <laughs> but uh, Dre understands BB-8. Yep. 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 Doesn't even question it. Bleeps and whistles and stuff. I think BB-8... I think you'll echo this, Robin. It's just it's great. Yeah. I think I think the, I think the pers- pers- characterization mm-hmm. of BB-8 is kind of it's imagine it's what I imagine George Lucas and his perfect vision mm-hmm. wished that they could have done with R two D two almost. It, it was Ralph McQuarrie's original design was for BB-8. They just really? couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't do it at the time. Ralph McQuarrie designed a lot of the way. Uh, things look he originally designed uh, Boba Fett in all white to be like a super stormtrooper sort of thing he was going to have like a squad of basically Boba Fett's and then they needed something special for for Empire so he got roped into that right. um, is it, I take it that's where Phasma comes from in the end as well yeah, like, uh, yeah. Um, but just it's that bit where BB-8 gives a thumbs up with a lighter <laughs> oh yeah! It just, it just something in my head clicked, and I was like, "That's a person." <laughs> I think one of my favourite wee outside Star Wars facts is uh-huh. um, there's a scientist called Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. You may have heard of, um, who he likes to pick apart films, mm-hmm. and he picked apart how BB-8 could never work; it just doesn't work with physics. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And the uh, <laughs> the guys for Star Wars tweeted on videos of the uh, the actual BB-8 they made just working, <laughs> like, and he was just like, "All right, fair enough." <laughs> so a, a big start of Star Wars has always been the merchandising, right? It's all it's always been. They've always had their cars on the table about that. So when you're growing up, Star Wars toys, you must have had good ones and bad ones. Not yeah. outside, like just your general lightsaber. Ah, just outside, like you, because you, you kind of get a bad lightsaber toy. One of my favourite ones was going back to the Attack of the Clones, uh-huh. the battle at the end. Uh-huh. I managed to get the three main monster things that each one of them were fighting. Oh. So like the big spidery looking thing, uh-huh. the mad rhino-y kind of looking thing. Yeah, but they were amazing. The wee rhino thing had a wee slit in the back of its mouth that you could just feed stuff in <laughs> never ever came out you know what I mean I never had an exit but there's many wee things slotted down the back of his mouth it's like nom 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 
That was probably my favourite Star Wars toy. Your favourite Star Wars toy? Mine was the walkie-talkie from Episode One, where you could get the little, the little things that you could put up to it. Oh. And it would do different voices. I know you've got one in the shop, Greg. I do. And I have, <laughs> and I have been te- available online at castlecomicsuk.co.uk. <laughs> I have been tempted to buy it like 94 times. <laughs> but I'm no, because I know I've got one in the house. Right? But like, there was something about it. Like It just it just felt like as a kid, it's like, I've got the walkie-talkie that Qui-Gon Jinn uses. See the actual walkie-talkie that Qui-Gon Jinn uses when he's radioing back to the ship about... Um, Midichlorians. Do you know what that is? What they actually used for that? Like a Nokia thirty three ten or something. It's a lady's <laughs> razor. It's a lady's uh, shower razor, spray painted silver with bits stuck on it. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a Gillette something or other, but it's a lady's razor. And you, and the way Liam Neeson pulls it off, because I couldn't keep a straight face talking into ladies' razor and kidding <laughs> on him having a conversation. <laughs> Do you know? What I mean, that shows you the, the the power of acting. But no, that's what it is. It's a lady's razor that they actually used for that. It's stories like that that make me appreciate that the whole Star Wars universe is kind of just. It's the story that could. Because if you if you watch episode four, it's a bit of an ed- and you hear stories about it. It's a bit of an editing nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like they got that film ready with like a week to spare. Aye, and you can tell in bits with the st- uh, the sand people and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like it wasn't quite there. George Lucas was in like a mad rush to just get a uh, anything close to a film uh-huh. out there, and he just managed it, and it somehow spawned everything else. Aye. And it's story again, like I said, it's stories like that. I'm just like, the, yes, yeah, more in the Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. With talking about merchandise, and right, I spoke to you about this when we had it. So Darth Maul's only in the main ones for what 15 minutes. Yeah. What was so important about them? Like, how did they make you feel? Because I remember when I was younger, I said this to you. Every single boy I must have been in primary school was Darth Maul at some point for Halloween. For someone who had such little screen time. Mm. Why did he have such a big impact on Double lightsaber. Double. Because <laughs> he, 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 look, he, yeah. looks, he looks badass. He, he, he does. He see, looks great. The scene where he brings out the lightsaber. Right. Like, oh, this guy's about to end this other one. <laughs> oh, this guy means business. <laughs> that was the main thing for me. And he didn't look human. He was, I think like, it was scary looking with the wee horns and yeah. red and black face. It's a build up as well because they showed that in the trailers as well. Mm. The double lightsaber coming out. Uh-huh. Which, which, in hindsight, then he blow your load in the trailer, man. Aye, aye. Um, but they built him up as well. So even though he wasn't in the film that much, as a five-year-old kid, I was like, oh, he's, this is a bad guy. He's so cool. <laughs> and it's, it's the fact as well that he does kill a Jedi. Yeah. Like, aye. okay, he's only in it for 15 minutes, right? Mm. In that time, he kills a Jedi and he's like, other than Obi-Wan, who you saw in episode four. But that's the thing, he's a constant threat, even when he's not on screen. Oh, aye. You know, you think, oh, he's going to get this, he's going to get him. He's going to get him, sis. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why he's just cool. He just, they wasted him a bit and I'm glad they got him back in Clone Wars and aye. stuff like that. Because obviously you've seen uh, Han Solo yeah. now. Yeah, he's in Solo at the end, isn't he? He's in Solo at the end and I'd already revealed to you that he was alive. Mm. Uh, he got held. He got held together by sheer power of the dark side. In <laughs> <laughs> super glue. <laughs> uh, they made him bionic legs, but I'm glad we got his story actually told because he it deserved it. Aye, yeah. I, I definitely was. Uh, and obviously, uh, Ray Park, the guy that played Darth Maul, he was like a a proper like fan, a proper fan. He's a proper like seventh belt, black belt, and whatever. Um, he's a proper like ninja dude. Um, he was a stuntman before the thing, so they had a great guy to play him. You know, he also incidentally played uh, Toad in the first X Men film. Ooh. It's the same dude. See that bit where his Toad's jumping about and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fun enough to get a guy that can jump about a lot for it. Have you ever seen that bit in Rebels where it's Darth Maul's death, where Darth Maul goes to Tatooine? Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's a three minute clip mm-hmm. and it's only a ten second fight, Aye. and they nuances in that fight are just so cool it's like Darth Maul goes to Tatooine to confront Obi-Wan Aye. old Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and he's like what are you doing out here maybe you're protecting something and he works out that he's protecting the chosen one uh-huh. and they go to have a fight and Obi-Wan originally sets up with his classic two fingers out you know defensive stance but it's the five minutes before that where they're like they're, they're talking they're, they're talking to each other they're, they're like their pals almost sort of thing Aye. but you know it's it's again it's a cowboy film it's like you know the, mm. you know somebody's going to yeah. draw soon but like yeah. I said it's the nuances of the fight like Obi-Wan takes up his 
traditional stance. Aye. Darth Maul takes up his traditional stance. In response, um, Obi Wan takes up Quagon's stance mm-hmm. because he knows what Darth Maul will try if he takes up Quagon's stance. Uh-huh. He'll try to bash him and then stab him. Uh-huh. And the whole fight takes 10 seconds because Darth Maul tries exactly that. And Obi Wan knew it was coming because he planned for it and you can Aye. see the nuances in that kind of fight and it's just oh oh it's so good it's made by people that care about these yeah, things yeah that's, you know? that's the overriding feeling you get they cared about this bit cartoons are wasted in kids really aren't they <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sitting down my way and like you didn't get this <laughs> <laughs> you put on Spongebob <laughs> Dad, I like Star Wars. Are you a real fan? Name all the Jedi. <laughs> and in that bombshell, it's time for us to jump back into hyperspace, I think. Um, I'll freeze ourselves in carbonite until the next time. Oh, aye. Um, so it's goodbye from Raging Robin. Not so raging anymore. I think she's chilled out. I'll be yeah. back getting that, off, <laughs> getting that off her chest. Funny Alex, Sound Guy Gary and old Greg. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. See you Cheers. next time. See you next time. I did it. 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 I did it.